Have you ever thought how to speed up your IT career? Have you ever thought why some engineers, architects, leaders and scientists are more successful than others? My name is Lukasz Karwacki and I love asking questions. I invited here many industry experts with different backgrounds and point of views. This is Engineering Growth Club Podcast. Welcome on board. Hi, and very warm welcome to our special guest today, Jessica Sheehan, a data product manager and agile professional. Good morning, Jessica. How is your day? This is bank holiday in Britain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's been pretty quiet. We're still, um, not everything's still open yet, but um, it's been nice just, just chilling out and spending some time in the garden, really. Oh, yeah, I love gardening. It was recently raining here, so uh, I think it's uh, it's a nice opportunity to take, uh, take care of flowers and everything, and grass. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also just avoid all the snails, as I'm learning. <laughs> the snails uh, are everywhere over in this country, but anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's great. All right, uh, so as I, as I know, you work mainly recently as a product manager, right? Yep, yep, that's right. So you work in an agile environment mm-hmm. and, and you are part of a Scrum team and you work with engineers. That is correct. Yeah, so would you like to share with us the most common obstacle for, from your perspective working with tech teams? I've been very fortunate generally to work amongst such capable tech teams that were quite driven to deliver for the business. So I've been quite fortunate that I've never really faced big obstacles that are insurmountable. However, I think it's worth noting that I guess the influences on a product manager such as myself, and I've been working in that role for a number of years, can be quite different to those in the tech space. So, and that influences your communication. I guess, you know, from my perspective, my role is to deliver the highest priority products to the business according to their strategic goals in a way that, you know, delivers something to the customer as quickly as possible in line with Agile. Those things may not be the most interesting from a technical perspective necessarily, or fully utilize the range of skills in the team. Like, you know, in an ideal situation, 100% would, but in a business kind of scenario, real world, it sometimes falls a bit short of that. I guess, yeah. And also because of the pace of delivery, the solution might not be the most robust or the solution that we're kind of working towards or the best from the, you know, the shining best from a technical perspective. So we might have to do something tactically before we act on the strategic. And and let's face it, we might not get to that strategic solution for a long time due to other priorities. So I guess tech teams have to be aware of goal plating solutions. But I guess similarly, you know, the PM such as myself, has to be clear about what the MVP requirements and business delivery um, like goals are. So I guess that's where communication between the two is the most important. Okay. This is very interesting. You mentioned something that sometimes the, the most robust, not the best solution from the technical perspective. So how you influence and communicate that it's not the best technical or the most modern solution, but you would have to implement anyway? I think um, in terms of communicating with the team, I'd sort of say very, you know, try, I'd try and say very clearly, okay, the business wants to get this out of it, or um, that's the MVP. We need to deliver this particular analysis outcome to the customer. We need to do it in, you know, for a report that's due in, say, a month's time. I think that's where I'd kind of, I'd have, I guess, an open and open communication with the, the, the engineers and be like, 
and they might come up with a number of different solutions. And that's what I really enjoy about working in the tech team is that everyone is incredibly innovative. You know, in an ideal situation, that might be, you know, putting in a complete ETL pipeline with all sorts of bits and pieces. Whereas in reality, we might have to kind of do some more manual steps or something that's not the most up-to-date modern solution to kind of just get that analysis on the line. And then, but, but, but at the same time, be very clear about the limitations and for me to take that back to the business and say, yes, I understand, you know, you want something, the shoeing speed, but it might not be the most rigorous. Um, the, here are the risks. And if the business is happy to take the risks in the short term or medium term, then it's up to me to kind of communicate that and then relay that back to the engineers. Oh, okay, thanks. So uh, you mentioned something that the business sometimes want to take risk if it's possible, right? Yeah, well, I guess every well, everything is a risk, right? Um, <laughs> That's true. Has, a, has a certain a certain level of risk in in business. Um, I guess what I'm thinking of if so, it's that whole thing between is a like yeah a quick solution which may or may not have a high level of risk and risk can be I guess across the board. I guess the thing the type of risk I'm thinking about here is maybe development of t- tech debt, right? So we might put something very quickly together that has a lot of manual processes that builds tech debt and then kind of a risk that. You know, it's going to cost us more money later on or that we have to kind of think about um, alternative ways to, to, to address that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's always, it's kind of weighing up the different options about you know, getting the insight as soon as possible versus or can we spend a little bit more time on this, build something a bit more sort of, um, I guess, um, I'm not going to say secure because security has to be paramount no matter what you do, but build something that's a bit, bit more robust from a technical perspective and more long-term view versus a short-term. Okay, so to understand, Uh, you as a product manager, you usually foresee the future. What's the big picture of the product? Yep. Because sometimes the engineers, they see smaller part of the world, but you can influence them, giving them the bigger picture, how to fit in in the strategy. So it can help you to communicate the real reason why something is developed and why it's not the most modern technology. Does it make sense what I understand? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that, you know, I, I always kind of, I'm very mindful of because, you know, the engineers, they do an amazing job with the information that you give them. But if you don't provide that context, then how are they meant to know that this is what we're working towards or, and how are they able to kind of to develop that prag- that kind of business pragmatism as well? Um, that, okay, this isn't the, the, the bells and whistles solution that we need to be able to deliver this thing quickly. Um, and it really just helps first staff morale, like to kind of know what you're working towards and to be motivated to work towards that. So yeah, that's something that I'm very aware of. Oh, okay. And it's a responsibility on me to, to I guess, communicate that to the team. So if something goes wrong, it's your fault, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the technical line, but no, I guess agile is like, it's everybody's fault, right? <laughs> it's the <a> team. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, like learn fast, fail fast, learn fast. Yeah, that's to right. deliver and validate quickly with the business users. Yeah. Okay, something bring, brought me another question. Uh, I think I've got the feeling you already answered part of it. Like, mm-hmm. what is the most exciting working with tech teams? And what I've noticed, what you said, that they are a very highly innovative environment. Yeah, that's what I really enjoy about working in, in, I guess, the tech space. Like I've always worked in data in some way in my career, but certainly the last sort of three to four years when I kind of focus on more engineering, it's incredible level of innovation. You know, as I sort of mentioned before, you, you mentioned a business problem that we're trying to address to a group of engineers. And there'll be a list of ways to approach it in the first five minutes, which is like awesome. And also I found in tech, um, I guess more than other industries I've worked in, like such a 
incredible willingness to act on solutions and like proactivity. It might be partly driven by the agile model. Um, where teams, I guess, are empowered to come up with the solutions themselves. But there's really that passion to problem solve and everyone sort of seems to be quite yet personally invested into solving the problem. I think another thing to mention when I was line managing engineers in the past was I really observed a real uh, desire to keep learning. I was, yeah, like continually inspired by people's motivation to grow, improve their skills and to keep up to date with the latest of what's going on out there which from a business perspective is, is really, really reassuring, like that the products that I'm creating are in line with, you know, the forever evolving industry standards. So that was, that was so it's a very dynamic environment. It's uh, very interesting when you mentioned that in this environment, people keep learning. Is it only about they want to learn technology, they want to learn business, or they want to learn like any cultural skills or all of this altogether? Ooh, that's a really good question. What, from what I've found, I guess it's more centered around technology. When I'd sort of have conversations with engineers that I might have managed, we might sort of speak about, you know, of course, there's a the technical side of things, but the, you know, uh, I guess the interpersonal and the soft skills are, you know, equally as important. And we might sort of talk about that a bit. And, and, you know, like people would always be willing to, yeah, to discuss where they can grow their skills in addition to tech. So I guess, you know, going back to your original question, many of the conversations will start on, okay, what do I technically need to do? But then, you know, when you discuss it and pick it apart a bit more, it'd be, okay, well, I need to grow on my uh, assertiveness or, you know, my ability to lead other sort of junior engineers. And in my observation, you have people very willing to to push the boundaries with that and to, and open to suggestions. So, yeah, that's, that's, it's been really positive. Okay, thanks. Just, um, I was thinking, what's the difference between tech and business teams regarding your cooperation? Because you are in between both, right? As, and, and your role, I, guess, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So forever kind of changing your context, depending um, <laughs> who you're talking to. I guess like it comes back to that point around motivation, right? Like the business side, they come to a conversation. They want to know, you know, why, what, you know why things are being done um, and what, what are, what's the business going to get out of it, which is 100% what they should be saying. Um, whereas the tech side you know, they'll be more interested in the, the how. So they'll start, you know, you mentioned, as I said before, a business problem and they're going to start thinking about solutions from the bat. And from that, for that reason, I guess you need to really amend your communications to suit depending on who you're talking to. So obviously provide more detail to the engineers, whereas more um, detail perhaps to the business on the business case and, you know, what, what are we actually going to see from this? But, you know, I think as we 100% touched on before, you do, to get the best buy-in from a tech team, you also need to kind of go into the detail about the scope of the business benefit. And that really helps, I think, you know, for to work amongst an empowered team that has a common goal and it really helps for those days where nothing is working because <laughs> we all know they, they, they happen. And that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy the job, just that camaraderie, I guess. In terms of, again, liaising with tech and business teams, the business world can be quite changeable. That sometimes it can be a little bit destabilizing, I think, for tech teams. Even in an agile environment, there are some days when you get a question or a task from upstairs that has to be done now, <laughs> throwing your very well-balanced sprint out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I know this feeling. And, and, you know, from an engineer's perspective, you spent maybe the last sort of three days chugging away at this, like, you know, big task and then to be kind of told, okay, that suddenly isn't important anymore. You need to kind of look at this thing for the moment. I think that can be quite destabilizing, and, but that's just kind of the way the business world sometimes operates. 
Um, and there are ways to mitigate this, but um, you know, I think it can be a source of frustrations with teams. <laughs> so um, I understand that business, uh, it's the tech team is more stable in what they're doing because on the base on the business solutions they, they need to deliver, but the business quite often then they change their point of view because they've seen already part of the solution or their priorities have changed? Um, ooh, two, I guess there's two elements to that. So I think the example I was talking about before is when like priorities might have changed, like you know, a competitor might have released something in the market or there has been, um, you know, when I was working in government, for instance, there was there might be a, a the minister might have set, gone out and said something that we were committed to, so we need to kind of revert and or, or find details about a particular thing, so provide some analysis or kind of shift the, the priorities of what the team is working towards. I think the second part that you're sort of talking about where if the, once you kind of showcase what you're developing to the business and they may or may, they may or may not have feedback, usually they do, I think you can fit that in a lot better with the kind of sprint cycles because you've got your demo at the end of the sprint, you kind of go through those bits and pieces. It's never perfect. But I think those ones, those those changes, you can be a little bit more um, kind of can fit in a bit better with the sprint cycles. But the, the broader, super urgent things that come down from on high, not so much because, you know, <laughs> that's just kind of the way that it is. Oh, I see. Uh, so I have a question. What's, in your opinion, biggest limitation in communication between business and tech teams? I think communication is such an important issue and it's really tailored to the individuals and the team itself. So I think the biggest limitation in general is that there's no one-size-fits-all approach as all teams are different, being made up of, I guess, different individuals with their own preferences in communication styles. I've been thinking a bit about this myself, having started a a role the day before lockdown um, happened across across the UK. So, you know, myself, I'm somebody that likes to, to communicate in person and that's the way that, you know, I just prefer to communicate. So I guess I've had to kind of relearn how is, how, how is best to, yeah, how's best to, for myself to kind of take in communication, but also communicating to this team that, you know, barely know me. I've found that different communication styles, so suit different purposes. So if there's something that I need to be very exacting about or, you know, and I like this from the team, you know, write it maybe in an email with some dot points, okay, this is exactly what the requirements are. But when we're talking about broader kind of strategic things and talking about the vision of the team, um, definitely having try and emulate like as much as a team meeting as possible virtually. For instance, recently we had a half day, well, not the way day, but it was virtually done. And that was amazing to talk about the, the broader purposes of the team and what we were working towards. So I think So the limitations, I think the best way for teams to address that is to be really frank and open with each other about when things are working and when they're not. So for instance, talk about it retro, say that, oh, how about we try this or that? And just, yeah, be, I guess, quite open about what what you want to experiment with in terms of um, how you want to be communicated with, but how you think we'll be able to reach out to others. I got it that if you're Talking about requirements, you are you you have to be more particular to the team to understand better what the product must look like. But regarding strategy, your communication is more flexible. Is it right? I, I think so. Like I guess requirements. It's one of those. If you're building, if you're asking a team to build a solution based on something, you want that's the sort of thing you don't necessarily want to get lost in translation. So I might have that initial kind of conversation. This is what we're working towards. But then I'd put that into some sort of in some sort of writing form, and then again have a follow up conversation about that because you've got to be quite exact. 
you know, this is what we're exactly working towards. Yeah. With strategic stuff, I think, yes, there's business strategy and that's something that, you know, I, you know, I'm very much in the world of, but you also, the team needs to have input to how the, the product or the, you know, the team itself functions. And that's something that you want to kind of have that kind of collaboration. You want to have that open and free discussion. So that kind of, that broader communication method works towards that because I wouldn't want to see a, a list of from different people because I want people to kind of riff off each other and have discussions in real time. Um, so it really depends on the, I guess, the outcome of what you're trying to talk about. Okay, uh, I've got another question. Uh, as your role is not really a technical role, it's m much more a uh, management role, right? So how do you manage to learn the technology background your technical engineering team is working on? Um, by, I guess, the continued patience of the technology team. Um, <laughs> um, I ask lots of questions. I also try and, I, I guess... I guess in the nature of my role, I'm involved in a lot of those high-level discussions. So when we're pot potentially talking about solutions, we're talking with the architect and they might be kind of going through the architecture and what that might entail. I, yeah, I guess I listen and try and take that on board as much as I can. And if I'm unsure or particularly, you know, when we kind of get into a product and um, the, you've, I've got kind of written out the high-level requirements and then um, the team have kind of gone in and put some more sort of technical detail in that. And if I don't understand something, I always ask. And, you know, and I've, I've, again, I've been very fortunate in that I've had technical teams that have been really great at communicating that to me. So they might sort of describe what it does. And I'm like, oh, so what does that actually mean as a business user? What does that mean when, you know, that Kafka box connects to something else? <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah, and then so, yeah, they're, they're able to kind of walk me through that process. So, yeah, and I think it's a, a kind of acknowledgement that, I leave the technical decisions to the technical experts. Like, yes, I come in with the business requirements. There might be situations that we've discussed about before when we'll need something quickly or, you know, we can't sort of do everything that we, you know, ideally technically we could. But it's really like, you know, they're the experts. So what do you recommend? What's the best, most secure way? And really trust the teams to, you know, to, to deliver on that. And, yeah, so that's the part I, I also really enjoy that because I find it all really fascinating, not that I'm technical at all. In the end of our conversation, can we point like two or three things, little things we can change on our daily work to deliver better? Yeah. Um, or build a better product? I guess. <laughs> do what your product manager tells you. Um, no, 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 don't do that. Um, <laughs> I guess communicate why you're doing something. So if you're working on a particular ticket and, um, and you, I guess you have a question about why, why we're doing it, or why you've been asked to do it, then ask. Absolutely. If you're if you're building something and you're unsure about what you're built what purpose you're building it to or what value it's going to add business, feel free to ask because that's going to motivate you and it's going to motivate the team in general and we're going to build a better product because of it. So yeah, ask. Um I think also maybe number two is be quite transparent with what you're doing. I think one of the highlights in a previous role was one day when um, we were building something for a, uh, I guess, a, a customer and the scripts went all wrong and, you know, I remember the engineer that had been writing it. Yeah, he actually came up to me. He's like, look, I've realized that I've made a mistake. This is what I've done, but this is how I'm going to s solve it. And I, that was like, I really, really appreciated that because it's like, okay, that way I can communicate to the business, oh, there might be a delay because of X, Y, Z. But I really admired the transparency and the openness. And because ultimately, and this is what I really love about Agile, 
we are all working towards this goal, this sprint goal together. It isn't just about you alone, writing, like doing a ticket, feeling like you have to do everything yourself, like reach out and speak to people, you know, obviously the other technical experts, but also reach out and speak to the product person if you're, you're not sure or you want some help. So yeah, do that. Okay, so just to wrap up, like first point was just ask questions while you are asked to do something, understand the purpose of the task or the delivery you, you're asked to do. And the second one, just be transparent what you are doing and communicate. So even if something goes wrong, just be honest, just communicate it because it's much easier to handle it and to bring a new solution. Absolutely. And it means that there won't be any surprises later on when the customer tries to do something. But yeah, um, and I think that would make life, I think, better for the team, but also for the engineer themselves. It's a pretty nice conversation. I took lots of notes, but I never had an opportunity to talk to a product manager to see the different side of the coin. So thank you very much and hope to talk to you again and talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Lucas, for having me. I would like to invite you for next episode with Mikołaj Zieliński, a candidate for an astronaut for the first flight to Mars. And there is something else. Remember to follow the podcast so you won't miss next episode. Cheers. Music by Stella Ronson.